Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of About Abroad, where it's my job to introduce you to people who have built amazing lives for themselves in various foreign corners of the globe. We're talking with expats and thought leaders about moving abroad, remote work, visas, and all the fun and practical knowledge that you need to know to follow in their footsteps. If you've ever dreamed of making a life for yourself overseas, maybe working remotely or embracing long-term travel, retiring or studying abroad, or even just taking a peek inside life beyond your borders, you've landed in the right place. This episode is brought to you by my friends over at eResidency of Estonia. If you're a globetrotting digital nomad, expat, freelancer, or somebody with a business, whether that's just you or an aspiring unicorn, like some of the many other unicorns that have come out of Estonia, then look at eResidency of Estonia the next time you're thinking about where to establish your business. eResidency is a digital identity issued by the Republic of Estonia, which is in the European Union, to foreign nationals, that means non-Estonians, giving them digital access to the country's advanced online infrastructure and open business environment. And when I say advanced, I mean advanced. They've been doing digital for decades. E-residents can start a company 100% online from wherever they are in the world, run it remotely, open business bank accounts, and even submit their annual reports all with their electronic ID card. It's literally international business without borders for location-independent entrepreneurs, perfect for the About Abroad audience. The next time you're thinking about where to establish your business, look at eResidency of Estonia via the link in the show notes. Okay, now back to the episode. My guest today may need no introduction for many of you. She is Vanessa, the founder of Wonder Onwards, which is a platform followed by millions of people around the world who are interested in making a move abroad. So she's got products and services and coaching and all kinds of things that she and her team offer to people who are trying to make that initial step to to escaping the rat race and building a life in a foreign country. And she shares with us a bit about why that is so important to who she is, because She's done it herself, coming from America, living in a handful of different countries around the world, and currently calling Berlin her home. She has walked the walk, and now she's talking the talk, I guess you'd say. So we had a lot of fun getting to know each other a bit better, talking about something that we're both very passionate about, which is helping people move beyond their borders and explore the world. So please help me in welcoming Vanessa to About Abroad. Vanessa, welcome to About Abroad. How's it going today? Thanks so much. I'm calling in from Berlin. I'm a little tired because it's so cold here, but happy to be here nonetheless. A little different than the uh, than the LA sun, right? Yeah, it's like negative one degree Celsius here, and I am not living my best life. Uh, yeah, the the things we trade for uh, for the opposite side of the ocean. Sometimes you ask yourself, like, what am I what am I doing here? Um, healthcare, but- Chase. I'm here for healthcare. <laughs> We'll get into that. Uh, yeah, because I think that's like one of the things w- when people ask me, they're like, is there anything that you couldn't trade? Like like if you were to move back to the US, is there anything? What's the one thing? And I'm like, healthcare. Yeah. Healthcare is what I would I would miss that a yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah. I'll break my shoulder right now to p- prove a point and we can go to the, uh, the doctors together and they won't charge me anything for it. Yeah, it's still it never that never ceases to amaze me. Um, I'm like, seriously, there's no copay. No mm. deductible? None. No co- There's co-insurance though, right? Actually, no. I'll give you money to be here. Thank you so much. Well, it is awesome to have you on the show. Um, you were nice enough to have me on one of your very famous Instagram lives one time, and we had a really good time chatting. So very cool to flip the mic around, have you on on the About Abroad podcast. I was going to ask you, I'm glad you told me where you were because I can't really keep up with you. Um, I follow you on your social platforms and you are all over the place. So I'm, I'm happy to hear you're at home right now. You're settled and Berlin is home, right? Yeah, now it is. I just moved here in April. Okay. But you've been in Germany a while. Is that correct? Um, I moved here when the pandemic started. So February 2020, I moved here from London. I literally got 
on the ground and then they closed the borders to the the country. So I called my boss and I'm like, I'm not coming back to London. I'm just going to be here with my family and you can try to fire me, but we have like really strong labor laws in place. So they just let me be here. And I transferred my contract, my residency, my tax status, everything to Germany during the global pandemic. That sounds easy. Yeah, it was super easy. Actually, I had to change my passport too because I got married and changed my name. And that was the easiest process because there was no Americans abroad because there was a global pandemic. So I got it all done in one week, my social security, my passport, I got IDs changed. Um, Nothing else was easy though. Just that. Wow. Wow. So is that it's correct to say you were working, you were already working in London in an office in London and you just went to Germany and then just kind of, okay, I'm staying here. A little bit. It's a little more like (laughs) nuanced than that. Um, I was negotiating a uh, transfer for about a year. And then this was just like the force that expedited it because you would be surprised what you can negotiate uh, if you are technical, if you have skills that people want. So I did. And I, I'm here to let you guys know how to do it. Yeah, you've uh, you've started. I mean, that that's your you're talking about your core job, but you've got a pretty impressive side hustle that I think the About Abroad audience is going to be very interested in if they're not familiar with you already. So I, I we're, we're going to get there in a minute. But I would be really curious to hear like, because I literally don't know the answer to this. I, I knew a little bit of what you said already, but I didn't I never really knew the I don't know the backstory. Like, how did you arrive to London? And I believe there were some different country stops along the way. So can we back up and you just kind of like give us the little elevator pitch on Vanessa's life to, to this point? Yeah, it's a confusing trajectory. So we'll go slowly. I am originally from Los Angeles, California. Didn't really fit in there. Couldn't find my tribe. So I moved to Boston for college. Just be like, what's this about? Not, not there either. It's not happening for me over there either. So I was like, great. I've tried both sides. What's next? And the obvious next step was to dump my college boyfriend, bail on law school and move to China, Beijing, China by myself with two suitcases and a dream in 2013. So I did that completely by myself to, to teach English hated that. I'm not good enough to teach small children. I can put my hands up and say that. So I quit my job, became undocumented because they canceled my work visa while I was in the country. I didn't know they could do that because I was just a young lady trying to do her best. Got a new job, uh, started working in marketing, met a boy. That boy asked me to move across the world with him to London. So after knowing him for three months, I did. We are now happily married, uh, have been together for almost eight years. So that's exciting. And from London, we were there together for six years, moved to Munich 2020, moved to Berlin this year. And in between, I took contracts in the Philippines, in Turkey, all over Southeast Asia. So that that is Vanessa abridged. So you, it's a pretty standard path, really. I mean, you know, yeah. that, that's kind of what everybody does, like uh, West Coast to East Coast to Beijing and, and beyond. Turkey. Yeah. Um, you would be shocked at the grilling I would get at immigration for every country I was in because they're like, please walk us through the last 10 years of your travels. And I was like, can you just like cavity search me instead? Put the latex gloves on. I'd rather do that. Like, <laughs> exactly. I'm not shy. I'm a 21st century lady. Yeah, that uh, that I, I love that she, <laughs> she said, yeah, the natural next step after Boston was uh, just moved to Beijing. I, uh, I don't know if you know this, but actually I spent some time in Beijing as well. Uh, working there. And so anyway, we have we have that in common. And I, I didn't realize it was just before the Olympic, the year before the Olympics. So what are 2007? Oh, my God. How much older are you than me? You look so young and like vibrant. I, you People can't see the camera. I got uh, I got some grays going on here. So I'm I'm getting up there. But mainly it's the coffee that, that keeps the vibrancy. <laughs> Fair. You were in Beijing when my husband was in Beijing. He was there for six years. He's a tall, uh, six foot seven, blonde hair, blue eyed German man that speaks Chinese. Oh, that's unique. Yeah, it is very unique. I went all the way to China to get me a German that speaks Chinese. It is so funny that so many of my friends in this lifetime, we've somehow had crossovers in London or in Beijing. And that's like a camaraderie that you can't buy. And we just continue to 
meet each other in random places around the world. It's one of the cool things about living abroad. Like a lot of people will ask me, I'm sure you might get a similar question where they're like, is it hard to make friends? You know, there's language barriers, cultural barriers, like your your, your options to build a tribe are, are fewer. The cool thing I think I found is like you inevitably have, you automatically have something in common with these people from all over the world. Like you're from LA, your, your husband now is from Germany. On the surface, you maybe couldn't be more different and and then but you have this thing in common like hey we both found ourselves here in in beijing and like i think there's something really cool about that yeah i think the beauty of moving abroad and being in such a different culture and environment than the one that you're used to is you're so much open more open to finding friendships to putting yourself out there because you're kind of like desperate and alone that's a terrible way of describing it but you would be shocked about how much more open people are when they know how hard it is to thrive there. So they just want to be as useful and as positive as the the four fathers, four mothers before them, because we all know how it feels. We all had someone lift us up at some point. So now it's time to pass it on. Yeah. And not, not only do you have that in common, but it's super fun, right? Like it's, I mean, if you're the type of person that has the desire to travel and spend some time abroad, like what could be better than crossing paths with people from other corners of the world where you're like, okay, like you're from Istanbul and I'm from LA and we're here in Munich, like having an, a conversation about our different lives and what we're doing here. And like, it just makes like the normal stuff, the everyday stuff a little bit more exciting. It like adds a little more spice to the to the food. Absolutely. And like the relationships are just so much more deep and intense. I met my best friend in the entire world. She was my maid of honor. I met her at a CrossFit gym when she was talking about how she liked cats and I liked cats too. So I was like, do you want to just live together and build a beautiful life together? And we did that. And I actually introduced her to her now husband. So I claim that. But in America, I never had these like super intense and deep relationships with people. Um, maybe because I was always like searching for something else and people could tell. But once I left, I found my tribe and I really felt like so much more complete and fulfilled with my life. So uh, too long, didn't read, leave the country, find yourself, fall in love, and maybe we'll see each other on the road. Follow this path. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's a, a relation, a best friend relationship built on CrossFit and cats. Um, that's exactly doesn't happen at home. No, no, it doesn't. Do you still do CrossFit? No, my bones can't handle it anymore. I am too old. Um, I still do the the weightlifting and the powerlifting at my local gym. And men seem to have a big problem with me in the gym taking up space. So I actively troll them by taking up as much space as possible, staying on the best rig for as long as possible, taking selfies of my ass. Like I will not be bullied. <laughs> You're American. You need lots of space. You're, I'm not. I'm not cool with this little Euro space that you're giving me. I need lots of space, so I'm going to need both racks. Actually, yeah. I pay my mother effing taxes. You are not going to intimidate me. And actually, if you are abroad right now and you're like brand new and you might be a little bit uh, intimidated by not speaking the local language or just feeling out of place, it gets better. Like the years that you put out there makes you more confident. It makes you more patient. It makes you more uh, resourceful. So don't give up. Yeah. The, and the language thing is a big part of that, right? You gain a lot of confidence through learning the language. I saw, I think I saw that you mentioned you're going for your B1 or B2. Is it B1? B1. Yeah. And I just failed my A2. So (laughs) it's okay, guys, because the universe truly doth provide. I just got in contact with a language learning company and they're going to pay me to do lessons on their platform and write about it and blog about it. So I get free language tuition. I'm getting paid to create these TikToks, to create these YouTube videos. And it's aligned with my journey of, of going to B1. So wow. Yeah, <laughs> that does it like it, it always does kind of work out. That's the what the, the lesson of the moral of that story, in my opinion, is like it does kind of work out. And I found that in multiple avenues when when living abroad, living in different countries, like sometimes you hit some rough patches and inevitably, like if you power through that, it's there's a there's a very bright light at the end of the tunnel. Absolutely. I have a little bit of construction going on. So I keep muting myself. So feel free to edit this little caveat out and okay. let me know if you hear it. Good to, good to know. Um, an audience listening, if you, if you hear uh, some construction. 
we're just raw here. You know, we're just doing like, uh, we, we don't, we're not going to worry about that. So <laughs> no, just kidding. Yan, you're, uh, you're going to be editing this, edit this part out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so anyway, okay. So I'm, I'm really curious you've, you've really kind of established yourself in, in Germany, it seems. Do you kind of see yourself being there for the, for the long term? Have you, have you found a home or do you have itchy feet and kind of plan to, to move on? I thought I found my home. And then I realized they were going to tax my retirement fund by 42%. So I am open to relocation. I think the best part about being um, like so flexible with where I live and, and this ability to reinvent myself is uh, I, if I'm not happy 100% somewhere, I can go be somewhere else. Like it is yeah. not a, a big deal to reinvent again. I've done it so many times already. But the sweet spot is I'm looking for somewhere warm. <laughs> It is too damn cold here for too damn long. Uh, and I'm looking to protect my wealth that I've uh, worked so hard to generate because um, I don't know if you've heard of like the FIRE community, um, retire, no, financial independence, retire early. And that just means I've worked really, really hard for my money. I've made some really good investment decisions and I don't want to work until I, I die. Like that's not that's not my purpose. I wasn't put on this planet to work for someone else until I die of natural causes. So <laughs> I need to be in a country that will celebrate that versus tax the hell out of it and then complain that immigrants are taking people's jobs. <laughs> Yeah, two strikes. Um, very, very big strikes. So you, you you like Berlin a lot, but they, these are some of the the challenges that that Germany presents. And and you're actually you're not the first person to mention that to me. Like even I have some coworkers, or even I even have somebody that I know that was like a. A remote worker working in Germany, but they because of their contract, they actually like just had to like they suddenly realized they had to move and go live in another country because something along the lines of what you're saying. So I think there are some stringent uh, financial restraints that prevent it from being like the ideal place for somebody working remotely to go to. But it's also it's a it's a beautiful country with a lot to offer. Berlin's a super vibrant city. I personally love the South. I know you were in Munich and you moved north, but I love the South of Germany, like the Bavarian area and the mountains and the Alps is, are just one of my favorite zones to go to for vacation. So I would love to spend some time there, but I did not know about the 42% tax on retirement. So that's uh, good to know. So it's a progressive tax. And if you make uh, certain levels of money, the amount of money beyond a certain point. So I think it's like 57,000. Everything above that is being taxed at 42%. I intend to have more than that uh, yearly because she is working hard. She is hustling hard. And and I think Germany is a fantastic place to have kids. We have two-year maternity. We have free kindergarten. We have and and schooling. We have kindergeld. The government literally pays you money to have children because Germans are like, no, no, not for us. They're too expensive. So they're we're gonna be here for a while. But is this where I'm gonna die of natural causes? I don't know. We'll be right back to the show after a quick break for a note from our sponsor. <laughs> This season is brought to you by my good friends over at Insured Nomads. They're the absolute best in the business when it comes to providing health, travel, and medical insurance for nomads, expats, and really just all forms of world travelers. I know insurance is often something that's overlooked when we're fantasizing about traveling the world, but it's absolutely necessity that we address this because often the policy you have in your home country isn't going to cover you while you're abroad. And it's also a requirement, as a lot of people may not realize, to actually buy private travel or expat insurance, as it's called sometimes, to obtain a visa or even enter certain countries. So fortunately, there are companies like Insured Nomads to help us with this. Not only do they have excellent coverage and great prices, but they're also providing a first-class experience with additional perks and best-in-class technology via their app. It's, a, it's an amazing experience. I can't recommend it enough. Now, this is a company that was built by world travelers for world travelers. So they know what it's like to find yourself in a difficult medical situation abroad, and they want to keep you from having that same bad experience. So the next time you're planning a trip abroad, whether it's for a week or a lifetime, check out Insured Nomads via the link in the show notes. Okay, now back to the episode. 
probably not one person that's ever been on this show could uh, could commit to that honestly. <laughs> like where I am today is where I'll be forever. It's the same. I'm kind of battling some of the same things here in Spain because the it is just hard for us to wrap our minds around in in a way as as Americans coming from a system where you have certain tax regulations and stuff, and then you come Europe. Yeah, we got the we have we do have awesome healthcare, but it's still sometimes hard to wrap your mind around the taxes. And and the cool thing is for for people listening, this is not my expertise. Uh, I I've mentioned a lot on the show that I'm a big fan of outsourcing my, the things that I'm not good at. So that's one of the I'm just not a, a, a financially savvy tax person. But Wanderer's Wealth uh, is a great place to go to for this kind of, of thing. And so I don't know. I'm just I'm curious to hear from you. Like you, you advise people all the time on how to move abroad, how to build financial wealth. You have multiple income streams. So what is kind of your like overriding advice to people looking to move abroad from that financial standpoint? Well, first of all, this is not financial advice. Uh, I call it financial education. And the biggest thing that people underestimate is how much money they should have in an emergency fund, because a lot of people live in and out of their paycheck. No, you should have a block of cash that is set aside in a account that is more or less difficult to access just in case, because when it rains, it pours and when you're abroad. So if your visa expires and you need legal help, if you are unemployed and have three months to find a job or you, you get kicked out of the country and your work visa is canceled forever, like you, you need a block of cash as an emergency because we don't, as immigrants, we don't have access to that um, support all the, all the times when we're abroad. So first of all, have that. Secondly, there are state pensions here that you will automatically be enrolled in. And so that's a little bit of change that the government saves for you and sometimes entitles you um, to it. Like we have a point system here in Germany where um, when you retire, you never run out of money. Every single month that you are entitled to some sort of money equivalent. However, uh, that money is not a lot. It's not a lot. Will not pay for you to go back and forth uh, to America. So you also need a private pension option. And as Americans, we are chased around the world for our wealth, unfortunately, by the American government specifically. So there are very specific rules about what you can invest in, how you open a private pension. Most companies out here, like a Deutsche Bank, any bank out here, they won't open a brokerage for you because they don't want to deal with your American problem. So there's a lot of things to consider. I have private coaching. Come ask me in private because I will not give financial advice. No, that's a that's a good way to get sued or or somebody's trolling hard. So um, and I and I'm I misspoke earlier. I said wonder wonders wealth. It's wonder onwards that uh, that everybody will want to go to after listening to this episode. So there will be a link in the show notes, of course, to go find uh, all the great content you put out there. You don't just have courses and stuff though. You put a ton of free content out on your on your social handles, and I mean you could literally just follow those and learn a ton. Agreed. And I do that intentionally because I'm trying to disassemble the systems that have oppressed us for so long. But you would still be shocked, Chase, about how much trolling I get on my platform. People saying you're only in it for the profits, like people over profits, blah, blah. And they forget like this is a business. This is not a charity. I have bills to pay. So I provide opportunities, financing. I'm sharing free scholarships to study abroad all the time. But if you want like my personal help for me to sit down, look at your finances, look at your situations, like you need to become a client. Yeah. So if you are starting your own business, that's that's probably a, a, the hardest thing to get over, which is having the confidence to charge for your skills because they are valuable and you worked a lot of years to accumulate them. So get your bag, girl. <laughs> yeah, man, you got to. I mean, it's, a, it's similar to the software world where I work in, like we're, you're basically giving away an app to 99% of your quote unquote customers uh, for free and hoping that 1% pays. So you have, then you're supporting, I mean, we, in our case, we have like, you know, 25 million customers that, and you're hoping like 1% of them pay. And so you're, then you're supporting them. You're, you're, creating content for like guides to you're doing all this work. You have a, a massive team working on pretty much supporting 99% of your customers who, who aren't paying. <laughs> so yeah, it's a, and people have gotten kind of used to that and they're, and they expect free advice. I get hit up all the time um, for free advice and I'm like, I'm happy to do it. Like I think you are too. You're like, I'm happy to share my experience and, and let you know a little bit about what I've done. But like, there's a point where I've got to, I've got to protect my time as well. And and this does have to be profitable at some point. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just an expensive hobby. So um, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit more about 
the transition that you made because you ended up in London. You 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 were in China and do you have show notes over there and try to keep track of me? I, I gave up on that. But I've I'm curious, like you you ended up setting up this location independent life for yourself. So I mean it it's it seems like you and your your husband have the ability to choose where you want to live. Ish. Yeah. So what we have set up is we have jobs with global companies that offer the opportunity to transfer between offices. So really, it's my husband that drives our most recent relocations. He works for a one of the largest automobile companies in the world. And so they drag him. And then I beg my company, please let me take my job to this new city. And then this year, I was hired to um, build a brand new product that has never existed for my company before. And I got a competing offer from a, a major global bank as well. So I basically held them at gunpoint. And I was like, give me $30,000 more and a remote contract. Otherwise, I'm going to the bank. And they did. Whoa. Yes. <laughs> okay. That worked out well. Uh, and negotiation skills are in your courses as, as well? Or um, is that, that just, that's just free advice? No, that's definitely not free advice. So I have nego- negotiation resources in my Move Abroad Masterclass. It's a five-week experience where we focus on getting you um, a job or a academic program abroad um, or to set yourself up as a freelancer remote worker. Um, And then I do one-on-one coaching and negotiation training where we actually like go through the real scenarios. We choose levers of what you can use based off of what the other opposition wants and and needs. And for me, I got so lucky that this was such a specific skill set that they were looking for. Like you can't, you can't teach entrepreneurship. So I asked for the absolute maximum of what I wanted and I got everything. Wow. That worked out well. Yeah. It's not going to, it's not going to happen to me every time, but right now I'm on a high and I'm just going to keep riding that pony up. Yeah. Ride that wave. I love it. So, and so you're, you're working full-time at this global travel company. You're a product, product manager, correct? And so you're, you're leading a team there. And then sometimes, somehow you make time. I I guess this is the part of the fire movement. Uh, You're making time for your side hustle, which has become like seemingly much more than just a, a little, it's not a little side project anymore. So this, how, how do you divide your day up? Like, what, is a, what does a day look like for you? I work 24-7. It is, people are like, oh, how do you have it all? I don't have it all. I don't go outside. I am sitting at this desk all day, all the time, weekends, everything. But fortunately, I've been able to like create a side hustle that aligns with my joys and happiness, which is travel. So Wander Onward started as a travel blog. So when I got bigger, uh, hotels and travel companies would pay me to go blog about their locations and uh, invite me there. So great. All of that PTO paid time off, I could use to write about travel. They'll pay me to do that. And so I can I can save my money and invest that instead. Now that Wander Onwards is so big, I have 400,000 followers. That's wild. That's insane. That's wild to me. Like, How does the, that feel? Does that it, feel like you've arrived or are you just like hitting the ground, the ground floor right now? I guess, I don't know. I was not cool in high school, Chase. So like a part of me is like, I showed them. Uh, <laughs> but part of me also like believes that I'm doing something worthwhile here because people want to listen to what I have to say and they're willing to pay me for that information now. So I'm just going to keep writing this to the top and, and we'll see what happens and where it goes. But my priority for 2022 is to work less. I make good money with both job and side hustle. I really am missing that time and privacy um, with my family, with my friends. So um, that that's going to be the real priority for 2022. And I've created systems where I, I no longer have to be at this desk doing everything by myself. We outsource now. I have three people working for me and that's the future. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's like the uh, the the four hour work week mentality. Like, just outsource what you can and and figure out like what you're really good at and what brings you joy. Do that part of it, but fire the rest of it. You know, get rid of the rest of it and uh, and fit and figure out how you can keep the end product relatively the same. Yeah, and the real key to hiring people as like a new business owner is to keep your non essential expenses low. So. Most of my Wander Onwards income I've spent on freelancers, on additional services, legal services, tax services. I do not need to make a serious project profit here because I'm scaling right now. My German husband does not get this. Like he's very traditional. 
he's like, but you could pay tax on that and keep that money in your savings account. And I was like, I'm going to pay 42% tax on that. And then it's going to sit in my savings account with no interest. No, get out of my face. No, I am the CEO. We are not, we are not doing this. No, ma'am. I love it. The culture clash within a marriage that from two different countries has to just be super interesting. Like the, the, the different mindsets that you bring into things like money. I mean, this, this is one of the hardest things in, in any marriage, but when you bring in two people from two different backgrounds that, that have two different values around money, it can be like super interesting, I imagine. Yeah. But I mean, he's getting more used to it because I am paying for our Christmas trip to Los Angeles, Mexico City, and Costa Rica and Miami. I have picked up all the tabs, the flights, the hotels, the transfers, everything. So he's like, okay, I guess we don't need to save so much. Like, it's like, yeah. Yeah, now you're starting to see. Follow my lead here. Um, are those all trips for like blogging? Like, are those like work trips, sort of, but they're just being paid for? Yeah. Yep. They are work trips. We are doing um, content about the cities, about what you can do there, about like local activities. So they're also tax deductible. Wow. Not bad. I am registered in Germany as a freelancer, as a journalist. It is my job to travel and to uh, make YouTube videos, make content about these different locations. Uh, And I have truly unlocked the Super Mario final level. Yeah. You've got some extra lives uh, built up there. That is super cool. So sometimes you see these things on, you know, in the Instagrams of the world, you see people traveling, but then there's like the Instagram versus reality thing. So what are your thoughts on this? Like, like how, how glamorous is that part of your life? And are you thoroughly enjoying it? Or is it, is it a bit of a drag? I, I'll preface this with saying like, I, I once uh, like early in the days of Instagram and like travel blogging and stuff like um, maybe, I don't know, I'll say 10 years ago or something. I remember I followed this like, quote unquote, big time travel blogger who wrote an article one time, like my, like I get, I get all these people saying like, my life's awesome and stuff. She's like, I make $28,000 a year. I really struggle to make ends meet. I get to travel for free. And I love that. But like, stop like putting me on this pedestal. It's, it's not that great. And then there's other people who have built these amazing, like truly amazing lives for themselves and they are fully happy. So I'm curious, like I don't get to talk to people like yourself that are actually doing it very often. What's the what's the reality here? The reality is I am tired all the time. Since May, I've been in a new country every single month, sometimes two countries. In December, it'll be three. And that is exhausting. So I got the bags under my eyes. I got the, the bad tummies from like just flying all over, trying all these different foods. Um, so that's not so glamorous. However, because I'm making real money with my career and my expensive hobby is now profitable, I would argue that I actually am living that dream life that you can only dream of, which is a shock to me too. Like 23-year-old Vanessa had salmonella in the Philippines and she's like dying in a hospital being like, why have I chosen to do this? But as you mature, as you gain more experience, you start to figure things out and it becomes a lot easier. And so now there's this big question, Chase, like how much money is enough money. And for me, I have enough money now. And so the idea is to maintain, it's to scale, it's to spend time with my family and, and the people that I love. That That is more important than to me than hitting the next financial milestone right now. Talk to me in five years. And if you are interested in, in doing like this monthly country hopping, blah, blah, blah. There are expenses that you are not prepared for it. There are COVID tests. There are Advil runs to the pharmacy. There are emergency uh, taxis that you have to take at night. So that shit adds up. And if you're getting invited to places to to travel for free, they're not paying for your food. They're not paying for your flight. They're not paying for the all the little extras that it takes to get there. So don't go into debt trying to be a fabulous travel blogger. I did that. I can speak from experience. Um, it's not that great. I can imagine. You may- it's funny you mentioned the taxis because transportation is like this boring thing that nobody wants to think about when you are mapping out trips or like indulging in this kind of lifestyle. It can be like super, super expensive. And if you don't build in the time to use like public transport or or something like that, you'll spend a ton on taxis and and other forms of transportation. Fortunately, it's a business cost for me to get back and forth from these locations that I'm creating content for. So now, now, like I wish people could have known me better when I'm was like 23 and like really struggling because it's it's hard to really articulate how 
hard it was for me to to build this life over the last eight years. So just remember, you're seeing a product of, of almost a decade long hustle and only now am I comfortable. So wow. if you're not there yet, give yourself time. That's great. I mean, that's great advice. I was going to ask you, like, what would you tell someone who wanted to kind of follow in your footsteps? And it, it sounds like that would be the piece of advice. But is there anything else you would you would want to chime in with there? You're going to need to m- invest money to make money. So that that's just the the reality of it uh, of the situation. Like you're you're going to need to set up a blog, which is going to take money for hosting and maintenance. You're going to need to like pay for transport. You're going to need to pay for food. You need to pay yourself so you can buy things that you need regularly, like soap and uh, dishwasher. So boring examples, but the the example still stays true. If you are not in a financial position to do that just yet, take a step back, focus on creating that savings account, creating that um, emergency fund, and then give it a go again. Because I've I've stopped and started this multiple times. Um, and in 2018, I was like, we're going to go hard now. I have money. I can invest it to make this a profitable business. And 2021, I'm finally living the reality that I thought I could achieve in 2018. Yeah. That that like take one step back to take two steps forward thing is a is a very important concept to wrap your mind around when making career changes, trying to move to another country, starting your own business, all of these things, they're they're not so linear. It's not just like point A, point B, point C gets you to D. Like it there's some movement and fluctuation in that trajectory. And like for instance, this podcast actually started as a really crappy blog that I built like years ago. And I realized like five articles in, like writing is hard for me. <laughs> like why did I why did I start a blog if I'm not good at writing? And um, so anyway, I'm like much more of a talker than a writer, I guess. So I eventually came across podcasts and it it morphed into into what it is today. But like there was a seven year period between that that time um, from from like stopping the blogging, which wasn't a conscious decision. All of a sudden, I was like, oh shit, I haven't written in my blog in a while. <laughs> to like start there's being like, I, actually, what if I turn this concept into a podcast? So anyway, I mean, there's countless examples I have. That that mirror the ones that you just said, like you know, trying different countries, visa processes, things going badly, bad camper van experiences, tow trucks, mechanical issues, and eventually, you know, arrive here. You arrived where you are, and it's comfortable now, but it wasn't always so. No, it wasn't. I always my favorite memory of China is when I could not afford a mian bao, which is a dumpling that cost one renminbi. I think that's like less than five cents U.S. dollars. I couldn't afford it, guys. I had no money. And my best friend, the girl that does uh, cats and CrossFit like me, she she had to pay for me. She had to buy me drinks. Otherwise, I couldn't go outside. She had to pay for my mian bao because I was I had salmonella and I couldn't go to work because I couldn't sit in one place for longer than an hour without being ill. And we don't remember this when you see me droning in Costa Rica being like, look at this how fabulous, blah, blah. No, guys, it's it's been a long journey. And fortunately, I think and I think this is true for both of us, Chase. There are people out there in the world that are going to say this is too risky. You can't do it. Play it safe, blah, blah. And we had that maturity uh, or credit to say, no, I want to do this. I want to take a chance on me. If I fail, I fail. If I don't, well, then we'll see what that happens or what yeah. that is like. Yeah. I, I always think like, like, uh, you know, like out, throughout your life, there's these different like forks in the road that you get to and you choose one or the other. And, you know, like for me, it was like, okay, I'm, I've got this degree. I've got this career going. Now I'm at a fork in the road. Do I want to continue down that path or do I want to try a different path and try something completely different, move abroad, do it, just blow that all up and try a different thing. And I really feel like whichever path I would have gone down, it would have ended up okay. Like I would have been fine. And, and that's the, that's the comfort level that I think you'd need to get to because the truth is like it's not going to it's not going to be as bad as that worst case scenario that you have in your mind either way you're going to probably figure it out and branch off a little bit in different directions so I, when when people ask me like how did you get over that fear like how did you leave behind comfy salary stock options company car blah, all these things like how did you leave that behind for like z- literally no income and moving to a country you've never been to where you don't speak the language you go, I just I just know I'm going to figure it out and you will like I've, I've not met many people who 
have done that, made that decision and ended up in a very bad place afterwards. That If they return back to the old life, they return back to the old life and life goes on. <laughs> yeah. I think we need to have a bigger conversation about allowing failure to happen and yeah. not even failure. It's just really a pivot in what you want and what you're going to do. Um, and who knows if that actually ends up being what you truly want, because maybe um, being a digital nomad is not for you. Maybe you just want to find the love of your life and like have a, a cozy home together and you do your nine to five and that's it. Like your work is not your personality. Uh, unlike me and my husband. For all of us, it's not necessarily, but some it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is fine too. The biggest thing I took from leaving the States is you do not, the, the scarcity mindset is not a global thing. There is enough resources. You can have enough money and you can have a wonderful life if you're not grinding 24 seven to be the SVP of whatever blah with the big house and, and the fancy cars. You don't need that to be happy. This is very true. That is a complete myth. Um, I see some very happy people living here in little, you know, 300 square foot apartments, uh, working 15, 20 hours a week and sitting most of the day out in the sun with a coffee and a book. And uh, <laughs> you go that you don't you actually don't need a lot. It doesn't mean you can't have a lot. You can mm -hmm. you can still earn and build wealth and and have a real career and a real life and, and do those things. It just doesn't mean that the two have that has to go with the giant house and the title and the the quote unquote typical nine to five career. Mm. And I love that you said a real career. I'm gonna put that in quotation marks because what does that even mean? What does it mean? It's a yeah, it's a myth. It is a myth. My favorite book is Sapiens. I don't know. If, have you ever read Sapiens by any chance? So he he talks about it's kind of like the hu the history of humanity basically and one of the things he quote, talks about a lot in the book is like all these myths that we've created and one of the words that he talks about is a myth like money is a myth it's just something we all kind of like agree on but like it's really just paper and we just it didn't even exist until really not that long ago and another one of those things is the word career and he's like up until like 200 years ago this wasn't a word <laughs> In the in any dictionary and anywhere, people just they they made they got food, they lived, they they had lives, they were people way before they were their jobs. And we've put so much emphasis on career and identifying that way that clouds our judgment around what life could be for, for a lot of people. And kind of shedding that is super elevating. Like you feel so much lighter when you get rid of that dead weight. Yeah. And I'm not trying to say it's not easy to break out of that mindset because if you have everyone around you telling you that there's a monkey on your shoulder, you're gonna be like, is there a monkey? monkey on my shoulder, like not with it. And it takes that like practice and maturity and exploration of the world around you to see there are alternatives to what you're being taught and shown. And if you find something that aligns with your happiness better, then why would you prevent yourself from from taking that chance and, and pursuing your your true happiness versus what someone else tells you? Yeah, actually, I'm so I'm curious to ask you, like, what are some of the alternative paths that you suggest? to customers that you have where, you know, like I'm, you've mentioned like study abroad programs. And um, obviously, you took a path that led you down a career with like a global tech company and that that helped you move abroad. So when we when we think specifically about somebody who's sitting at home in their in their nine to five cubicle right now in the same town they grew up in, they're going, I have to break free of this. What do I do to to go explore the world? How do I do it? What are some of those different paths that people can take? So I would recommend that you look into doing a language program with a university in a foreign country. So that's what I did in Beijing. I did Chinese after I decided I didn't want to um, teach English anymore because there are loads of scholarships for Americans for foreigners in general to come to this country and learn a language and integrate and learn about the culture. So you're not going to be rich and famous with these scholarships, people. I think that worries Americans a lot. Like, I'm not getting paid six figures to go learn a language. No, you're not. But what that language opportunity is going to give you is a community. You're going to meet people. You're going to establish a network. Um, a lot of the visa requirements um, specifically highlight you need to speak some sort of language um, and at some sort of level. So you'll be able to hit that as well. And then it just opens you up to see what's possible because a lot of jobs out there, you don't need to study a certain thing to do a specific job. You just need to know the local market and speak the local language to a certain degree. So all of a sudden you're in Italy speaking Italian and you're like, I can be a customer success manager. I could be a chef. I could be a teacher. I could literally do anything. And now I have those options because 
I speak the local language and I have a network. Yeah. And you and that network piece is, is really important, right? Like we're, I think we kind of forget in the digital world that we live in that like there is still a huge element of it's not what you know, but who you know. And you get, I've seen people get those uh, language scholarships come, for instance, here in Spain, come study Spanish in Spain, spend one or two years doing that. Then they convert their visa. They meet somebody, they get a job offer, they convert their visa and boom, they've built a life here and, and and they speak the language, they're in, they're immersed in the culture and they're living their dream. Yeah, that's my plan. If this whole marriage thing goes south, uh, I'm moving to a different country. I'm doing a language program and I'm going to just start over and rebuild. I mean, I, I don't know if you have this conversation with your wife, but I'm like, if we got divorced, uh, I don't want the house. I don't want any physical objects. Pay me out. I'm going to go relocate and start again. And my, my husband like could not believe that I had that adventurous spirit in this like worst case scenario. I love I love like the financially savvy person in you is already hedging. You've like you're like look like I've got I've got my it's it's kind of like hedging against two stocks or something. You're like I've I've got this figured out in case in case things tank. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. My life is not over if I do Oh, did you hear that? I just made some money. I bet it's in about a broad customer being like I got to get one of those. Oh, I hope so. When I, as an entrepreneur, I made sure that all of my um, sales have a little money sound, the cha-ching, which is what you just heard. Anyway, it just perks my... My, my wife has up. the same thing. She has she has two Etsy shops. And so we always do a little dance when, uh, when that goes off. At times, we're dancing a lot. And those are fun days. Yeah, exactly. It's just uh, something nice and, and simple to do for yourself because it's, it's hard to be an entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah you got to reward yourself. <laughs> those little rewards go a long way for sure. But on my divorce and uh, financial hedging. I was a person before my husband. I will be a person after him. And I owe it to myself to not let my entire life collapse because one thing didn't work out for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's that's 100% true. Again, like those those forks in the road that like in the end, I'll, I'll end up in a good place regardless of which path I take. Exactly. And more people need to believe that and hear that because I so many of my clients are like anxious 20 something year olds being like, if I don't get into this program, my life will literally be over. And I tell them, first of all, this is why I don't hang out with anyone under 25. Secondly, that's just not true. Like you're smart. You're beautiful. You have a personality. Like you just need to have the confidence to find what works for you and then commit to that idea for a, a specific amount of time. If it doesn't work, we find something else. Yeah. What does the So what does the typical customer look like for you? Um, you mentioned the, the mid 20 something, but is, is it possible to even kind of like pigeonhole that or people generally come in from a certain demographic background, place in life? Um, who listening right now would be like the ideal customer profile? The ideal customer profile for me is a career lady. Like I work with like 90% ladies who have a career, who have a dream of working abroad, maybe taking some time off of work, bringing their children, bringing their husband. Um, so actually, it's mostly like 30 something um, ladies that I work with. Uh, I get the odd 20 something year old who's having a midlife crisis. But my specialty is relocating your normal life in America to a normal life abroad with a career, with a home, with uh, school options for your children. Um, it, we are not trying to reinvent the wheel here. We're just trying to put you in a different place. <laughs> That's so cool. That's a, that's such a, a needed thing because it's a scary thing to navigate, not just conceptually like, oh, I'm going to pick up my life and move abroad. Like there's there's stuff there. I mean, there's, uh, you know, there's family ties and connections in your job and all that. But then there's like all the the real logistics like visas, bank accounts, life insurance. And it's kind of I love that you sort of married these two together because of your your financial background. And then also, you know, putting that together with the abroad piece, because those are the things that I think really hold people back. Absolutely. And in 2022, that's actually going to be a big focus of mine because I have a wealth management company now that has contracted me in. So we're going to be creating content and resources for people like you and I who have a little bit of money and we just want to continue to build wealth and security for ourselves. But we have that added caveat that we're American living somewhere else, which is a completely different ballgame. So it changes things immensely. So I have an accountancy uh, company and a wealth management advisor that specifically does this for people like us. And now, now the sky's the limit for Wander Onwards. Um, and I look forward to retiring in three years. Our movement is coming. I love it. Well, um, you've mentioned we've mentioned Wander Onwards and uh, 
uh, and a couple times. I, I know your Instagram handle is a great place to find you. Where else should people learn more about your work, follow along on the journey, and, and anything else that you want to mention about Wonder Onwards that would be useful for people to know this would be a great time to do it? Yeah. So I have my website. I work very hard on creating free resources. And like, if you are a beginner, start there. Don't, don't come to my DMs. It is wander, W-A-N-D-E-R, onwards.co because I got hacked with .com and I lost that domain name, RIP. Yeah. It was really sad. And they tried to hold it like ransom for $5,000. And I was like, you're, you're lying to yourself. If you think that's a really expensive M. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) no, ma'am. So go there. It has all my resources. And then I actually post like three or four times daily on TikTok. Um, TikTok is like my favorite platform, but Instagram is my most organized platform where you'll find all those really helpful resources, very clearly laid out. Um, And I hope to see you guys um, on the internet. Like I love hearing from you guys. I love seeing where you are in the world and and trying to be a part of that journey in some small way, because at the end of the day, it's you that are, that's making that change. Not, not me. Yeah. And it's cool. I mean, you're helping, you're coaching people through it, but uh, you do definitely make it about the, uh, about the audience and about the culture. And it's just fun to follow along because you are traveling frequently in different places, you know, showing showing that side of the it, like there's all the practical stuff that you touch on which is so important and and often overlooked, but it is still you marry it with the with the fun side as well. So, definitely encourage people to to follow along, learn more, and it's and it's super important to get uh get with it a little bit from the financial side of things when you're moving abroad because it can be so easy to just get caught up in the fun like, oh, I'm just going, I'm going to spend some time in this country, but this is the stuff that you really if you're going to make a lifestyle I love it. At some point, you have to tackle it, and it's not easy to do alone. Um, and and so, it's really great to have some some up to date resources. Key on up to date there. Uh, a lot of times, it's out of date, and to talk with a pro. So yeah, and it's super open on my platform. Like we don't judge you if you want your Starbucks lattes every day. Like that's not why you can't afford a house, guys. There are bigger things at play, uh, and especially like for people of color, like we have family obligations that we just don't budget for when like our grandma mothers get sick or we need to take care of an uncle or an auntie. So I try to make my content really inclusive of all different types of scenarios. And then I have some like hard tools like budget or budget trackers, like processes that you can um, implement. So I think that's what makes me different from like your everyday travel blogger. I'm, I'm going to help you get your life together in like an adult way. Uh, so you can also be on a boat in Dubai in a thong shaking your ass, but also financially secure. <laughs> but also know what your dividends uh, is going to be this year and uh, and what your age you can retire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and how to file those taxes in different countries. Uh, so fun. Thank you so much for coming on, Vanessa, sharing some of your knowledge. And and I hope that uh, I hope the success continues. I will definitely be following along. I hope more of the About Abroad audience will as well. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me, Chase. And I hope to meet you IRL real soon. Yeah, IRL needs to happen for sure. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Vanessa. Thanks for tuning in today from wherever you are in the world. Once again, I'm Chase, and this has been another episode of About Abroad. For those of you wondering how you can best support the show, I have made it super simple for you. Just go over to the show notes of the episode that you just finished listening to and click on one of the two following links. Aboutabroad.com slash newsletter to get our monthly newsletter. No spam, guaranteed. Or ratethispodcast.com slash aboutabroad, where you can quickly and easily leave a review for the show. It's not just important to me. It also helps more wanderers just like you find us. Finally, don't forget to subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. And we will see you again next week. Thanks again. Hasta luego, amigos.